Uh, by the way, I totally missed the boat. I totally missed the boat and not making party in the parking lot. Our uh, from Five Street Law, our our opening theme song. Matt and Ethan review music. I thought that I got, I thought that I got uh, ill from her, but she had tested negative for COVID, mm-hmm. so I didn't figure I had it. Well, turns out I did. So, That's right. Here I am. That's right, listeners. There's a COVID man here, and there might yeah. be a second COVID man in a week. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Breakout cases. It's proof the vaccines don't work. That's why we should all be unvaccinated for polio. Right. As the logic goes, <laughs> as the logic goes. Um, well, I'll tell you, to be honest with you, now having some experience with COVID, I can honestly say that uh, I didn't lose my taste or my smell or anything at first. Um, I felt like a flu for like the first two days, <clears throat> a mild flu. It wasn't even really that bad. I just felt a little achy. Um, body was sore and I was fatigued, but it wasn't like. It was just like every 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 other flu I've ever had, right? It wasn't anything particularly painful. I didn't have a cough or a sneeze or anything. Um, so I didn't think I had COVID. Sure. And then, uh, but I went to the doctor and got a check anyway, just to be on the safe side because I wanted to protect, you know, the people I'm around. Yeah, man. And when it came back positive, I was like, oh, bummer, you know. But I really didn't feel a whole lot of terrible effects from it. Now I am vaccinated. Sure. So perhaps that had something to do with it. And then, like, so this was, like, Tuesday, I started feeling the symptoms. Wednesday, I got my test. Friday, I got my results. And, like, Saturday night, I lost my sense of taste and smell. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought I was done. And then and now, to this day, I still can't taste or smell anything, which makes my wife's cooking a lot better. Well, I guess that's good. I guess that's good. <laughs> well, like, are the rest of the symptoms sort of manageable again? Or? Yeah, I haven't had any symptoms since, like, Wednesday morning. Wednesday hey, that's good. That, that I was really feeling ill, you know? Yo, um, yeah, man. And then, like I said, on like Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, I realized I couldn't taste or smell anything. But I haven't, but okay. that, was, that was just strange. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, that's, that's odd. <laughs> so I've been drinking yeah. a lot of, been drinking a lot of soda because I could feel it. Sure. So like, sure. I drink I drink Coca Cola uh, and because I can I can feel it, but I, I can't really taste it. So, um, well, I hope it comes back. Yeah, me too. I was just eating hunks of bread over like over the week, sure. just like just hand just gobs handfuls of like bread and just eating it because couldn't taste it anyway, and it was just like a tactile thing that I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, for me now's the if I would if I would suddenly lose everything now would be the time for me to start eating healthy, you know. Like, right, I'd that's be, what I'd I was be thinking. Like, Here we go, yeah. veggies, you know, because doesn't matter, you know. I could lose a ton of weight by just not being able to taste anything because that's true. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I'm and the you. other thing I noticed is I stopped eating a lot sooner now. Like my wife made spaghetti the other night, and I usually ate a pretty pretty healthy bowl of spaghetti whenever we eat spaghetti and i ate uh, about half of what i normally do and then i just stopped because i couldn't taste it i couldn't enjoy it and i was like 
usually like I enjoy this. So I just keep swallowing more food because I enjoy the act of eating. Right. 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 <laughs> I wouldn't have to be playing Anne Frank all week if I was, if my daughter was vaccinated. Yeah. Lord. Very. And I feel a lot more like we already talked about this in one of our episodes, I think, but like, I would feel a lot less uh, anxious about contracting, giving it to other people. If everyone had the opportunity to protect themselves and chose not to, I feel like that's not my problem if you choose not to protect yourself. Yeah, I agree with you. Ultimately, I mean, that's the thing. The the whole thing, like I welcome, I don't welcome it, but like I understand and am a realist. When it comes to the fact that eventually this is just going to be like the flu, right? Like a, like fully like the flu. Right. We're going to have COVID season and shots and um, different treatments available that help mitigate it or whatever. And it's just one of those things, you know, I'm, I, I don't like it, but hey, that's 100% livable. Boy, yeah. I'd really like to get there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let's do that now, please. The uh, oh, a, we, go for it. I'm sorry. I saw a rather grim statistic the other day. Yeah, uh, I think it was on the Today Show or something that we have reached over 675,000 COVID deaths, um, which is more people, more Americans than have died during the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, which wiped out like two percent of the population of the planet. So. Lord. Yeah, we're getting there. Now, granted, there's a hell of a lot more Americans now than there were in 1918, but still not a very cool statistic. No, not at all. Not at all. I saw UVA Health put a um, an article out a couple of days ago about um, some of the doctors at UVA Health are working on a coronavirus vaccine, like a like a blanket coronavirus vaccine. Yeah. Not just for COVID. Right. And, you know, I'm reading the article and the doctors are like, yeah, we're, you know, it's it's not like we're about to, we're about to sell it to anybody yet. But like these doctors at UVA, these researchers have isolated like a, like a protein or an, or an isotope or whatever in that that's common to all coronaviruses, like part of the family resemblance. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've developed a vaccine to neutralize, you know, that, that kind of important element. And they've managed to, so far, give it to like 40 pigs. That Because pigs are a, an animal that can catch certain kinds of coronaviruses. And, right. um, and, and they've, they've become immune to like the three or four virus, coronaviruses that, that like they're susceptible to. So they've had like a really good success with, with these pigs. And I'm looking at this article and, I, and I, it was on Twitter. Like it was from UVA Health, but I found it on Twitter, and I like commented on the guy who posted. I was like, "I would like the pig vaccine now, please. I'd like them <laughs> to put the pig vaccine in my body, you know, <laughs> and I'd like them to put it in my child's body and every child's yeah. body. And I would like us to put this mess behind us <laughs> because this is this is ridiculous. But uh, you know, I I it made me laugh. It definitely made me laugh. I like the irony. Follow the pigs. Follow the pigs. I don't even care. I don't even care. God damn. They're delicious. They're delicious and they can save our lives. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
but yeah, I was like, boy, what what good news? Yeah, pump <laughs> pump that drug in me, you know, and and we will we will see what it does. Maybe I'll become a pig man or something, but you know, maybe I'll also be a pig man who's immune to coronaviruses. And okay, you know, like like that's fair. That's a trade off. But if they're just like injecting them with life, wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, like this will come out, and you know, in 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 five years, it'll come out, and it'll be this miracle vaccine, and. Evangelicals would be like, "Do not put this in my body," and I'm like, "Fine, kill yourself, die, <laughs> die from all. Be the only people that can get sick. That'll be fun. <laughs> bunch of idiots, bunch of fools. Um, I'm gonna get one more piece of pizza, but before I do that, are we doing? Did you watch Annie? Or did, I sure or, did. Oh I'd man, I'm so, to to I'm so excited to talk to you about it because I just rewatched <laughs> it too, just just to catch up with you. But let me get some pizza and then we'll talk about that. All right. So listeners, if for this episode <laughs> of Backstreet Hookah Chats, we decided to do something just a tiny bit different. Usually we have like a prompt or whatever. But today, but this episode, I gave Matt uh, not really a prompt, but a thing to listen to. Matt, can you tell the listeners what it is I asked you to listen to? You wanted me to watch, actually, the the musical, the acclaimed Broadway musical Annie. That's right. Something uh, like that. <laughs> and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, too. But it's, it's not the Annie that everyone's thinking of. So the, the one that we're talking about was actually done by a group of college students. Uh, what university was it? Was it it's somewhere in the Midwest? I, I thought it was like University of Michigan or something. It is University of Michigan, Star Kid Productions from right. the University of Michigan. Star Kid actually is now a a like a like an independent thing. Like those kids go on and that's what they do for a living now is they really Star Kid produ- <laughs> Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. So what it is, what it was about, listeners, was it's about Anakin Skywalker. And it's titled Annie. And uh, it's just a humorous retelling of, well, it's not really even really a retelling. It, it's it's more or less its own narrative. It takes place uh, after Anakin Skywalker has become Darth Vader and before the Death Star is blown up and, and uh, A New Hope. So that's the Star Wars timeline that we're in. And it, it's really uh, well done and amusing. There's a lot of, uh, you have to, you have to be a, uh, a well-studied scholar of of Star Wars to really enjoy it, though. I mean, to to get a lot of the jokes and the, to recognize a lot of the characters that appear and a lot of the things that happen, you really it, it's really for Star Wars nerds. I feel like if somebody that didn't watch Star Wars sat down and watched this, they probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. But being the ginormous geek that I am when it comes to Star Wars, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot of uh, references to things in the movies that don't make sense which always there's a lot of that material <laughs> and uh, it was just very humorously done it was done in a in a musical sort of way and uh it was just it was a good production i recommend anybody that can uh get on youtube and look it up star wars 
or Star Kid Productions uh, version of Annie, A-N-I. That's right. I I love it as well. I I'm glad that you loved it. I was I was thinking about it. So you can get the soundtrack on um, Amazon Music. You can get the soundtrack on Amazon Music, but you can also just get the soundtrack on like YouTube or whatever. And Andrea likes it. Like I'll listen to it because uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but for a bunch of college kids. That music is pretty damn good. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. well thought out. Each of the songs are take like a relatively famous moment or or line from the Star Wars franchise and make it into the song. And so, you know, like the big song at the end, "One in a Million, you know, comes from Han's line. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. like this big moment you know at the end of the show or um uh the like like you know just just different moments you know throughout throughout the songs are are like that i think it's really really good it's one of the shows that if i could have if i was able to stick around in clearfield longer i would have begged us to like find a way to do because i would have loved to direct that show yeah um i would have wanted to direct it and then like do some of the singing like i'd want to be in the band um but but like oh man i i just i i think that i think it would have had been a niche success you know for different people i think different folks you know in town would have shown up and and laughed what i love about the show and 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 tell me or what i love about the production in particular you had mentioned that you really got to be like a, a major kind of star wars nerd that this is sort of a love letter to star wars nerd right right um i love how the audience in that production is like right on the cusp of laughing so hard. They're crying like all the time, <laughs> like mm-hmm. as uh, Anakin sets up star Wars jokes in the show. Yeah. Like as he's setting it up, there's always like one or two like women, like in the audience who are just like, who are almost about to bust out like their own, because they can, <laughs> they can sense the punchline is coming. You consider yourself proficient in the mythology of our universe. Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah, I okay, great. Because sometimes I'll be talking to these kids and I'll make a joke about Dash Rendar, for example, and they'll look at me like I'm from outer space. Uh, I love that. I love that. It was so clever. It was so well done and so clever. <laughs> there, was some, there was some truly hysterical line. My favorite line in the whole play. Should I reveal it? Should I tell you? Please, please do. Tell me. <laughs> Anakin's talking about, there, he's asked by Mara Jade, who, who ends up being Luke's wife, Right. Uh, if you if you're into that sort of thing, Mara Jade, huh? Never heard of you. Really? You must not know dick about Star Wars. <laughs> He's asked by Mara Jade, like, 
how how how's how good he is at fighting or something and he's he says well i've never i'm not really that good i've never really won a lightsaber fight except for one time but it was against a bunch of kids and i just like <laughs> rolled laugh i had to like pause it and stop stop the production while i got my giggles out because that was just so well delivered and so it, it was like out of left field for me like really oh yeah well done. <laughs> the one-liners in that show in particular oh, are, are really great. Like the the scene when Obi-Wan comes into the into the bar with um the stormtrooper and Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. And and it's just every other line out of Obi-Wan's mouth is another brilliant one-liner. Like I'm like, <laughs> right. how did they how did they write this? Like, how did they write this? Like he's he's just talking about it and and because Obi-Wan listeners ends up being the villain yeah. in the show. And and so Obi-Wan's Obi-Wan and Sebulba. What's great about this show is that it's <laughs> it's about pod racing and and right. and there's something there's something sort of impossibly brilliant about that. Like like <laughs> like this one throwaway random moment of episode one turns out to be the entire point of Anakin's personality like Anakin <laughs> Anakin just wanted to be a pod racer professionally and then like Mary Jane Mary Jane's like I got your pod racing grading card <laughs> you know you're Annie Skywalker you you're the only you, you, they usually say that only CGI cartoon characters can, can win the 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 Boonta Eve pod race I mean, everyone said that only a CGI cartoon could win the Boon to Eve. I love it. I love it. It was so clever. There's so many, there's so many, like, it's so blatantly obvious to anybody that's a real Star Wars fan. Like, and I've been a Star Wars fan since the original trilogy. That was my first experience with it. The prequels didn't exist whenever I started watching it. Um, And there's so many plot holes in Star Wars, looking back on it as an adult now um that there's it's rife for being made fun of and then the prequels made it even worse of course because they're they that introduced entirely new plot holes and things that didn't make sense from the original trilogy and then the 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 last three the ones with with that center around ray mm-hmm. are such a a, a discombobulated mess <laughs> if you will that like like nothing even makes sense anymore and if it really wasn't for the good people at at Lucasfilm and at uh, at Disney, yeah, I don't yeah. know that the franchise would be uh, as successful as it is because they're able to still produce new content and new material, and they're making it coherent. And and whereas yeah. it's 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 kind of strange because the 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 really good juicy parts of Star, the Star Wars franchise aren't really from the movies. You know, oh, it's I all this you. extra. It's all this extra stuff that kind of gets added in there. That really adds a lot of color and flavor and really makes people fall in love with the franchise and fall in love with the world. And I think that's reflected in a, a play like Annie humorously can take a lot of this extra stuff and kind of poke fun at the movies. But those of us that understand it and have seen it and lived with it and grown up with it, we really appreciate it. And it's not it's not like it's not like um it's not like mocking it, so to speak. I mean, it no, is no. mocking it, but it's it's not it's not done in a way that's like uh that's derogatory towards the the original material you know it's 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 coming from a place of love and it is really really entertaining <laughs> it is really funny and you're exactly right like it's not a this is this is making fun of it 
as people who love it, like you, you can tell everybody working on the project is like, God, I just, I fucking love star Wars and this is so yeah. fun. Like, and, and it really is like, like each scene is, is, um, um, lovingly put together. Um, and, and then the delivery of, of everything they're doing because of that love is, is hysterical. Like it's hysterical yeah. to watch. Um, it's as early in the show. One of, one of the uh, standout moment to me is, Anakin and Tarkin are, are walking like to get coffee and Anakin is is like kind of got him cornered and he's like uh he's like hey uh uh Tarkin I got a got a joke for you and he's like what he's <laughs> like what do you call uh what do you call somebody who just uh who just needs his coffee and without it they're just this like you know sluggish fat you know awful guy what, what do you call that guy what do you call him and the audience is laughing and <laughs> yeah. Tarkin's like it's like I think I know what the punchline is, but it's so stupid that I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> and he's like, "No, what is it?" And he goes, "Is it Java the Hut?" And then Anakin's like, starts laughing. He's like, "That's way better than the one I came up with." Like, like it's just and it. One of the reasons why I think the show is so great is that it's a sh so like you bring up the new trilogy. This is right. the difference. Like one of the reasons why the show is so great is because it's a real show, right? With a plot. Like, like, there's, there's a, there's an understandable plot. Like, right. Anakin wants to win the Bunta Eve pod race again. It has to overcome, you know, obstacles in his personality, and he has to train, and, and there's antagonists and and all of that. And the plot is derivative of Star Wars, yeah. but like, it's a plot that we all understand. Like, it's a right. plot that makes sense. And that's just not how the new trilogy goes. The new trilogy is purely derivative. The only reason anybody would watch it is for lightsabers and for, you know, a chance to see Luke again. Like, like the plot, it, they even make fun of uh, the trilogy, the new, the prequel trilogy for that too. Like when Obi-Wan is explaining the Clone Wars and then he passes out because it's so boring. The Clone Wars began when my friend Qui-Gon and I went to the planet of Naboo to settle a trade dispute that had broken out between the Trade Federation and the planet. You see, the Federation had put a blockade around the system so that they could... Uh... Oh, uh... I'm sorry. I fell asleep because that was so boring. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, that is so boring, you know, like, that I fell asleep. Um, well, and that's what's so beautiful about it. I mean, this here's a here's a show that's written on a shoestring budget. There's a, there's very little production value to it, um, which adds to his charm, frankly. Um, but they were able to, in this brief two hours of clowning around, put together a more cohesive and intelligent story than the entire nine hours of <laughs> the last three movies together, right? Like they were able to hold it together for two hours and at least make it like palatable and, and make it, make it entertaining and make it uh, consistent. <laughs> and, oh, and, yeah. and those last three movies, which were multi-billion dollar endeavors were unable to accomplish that very simple feat. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And it's a testament. It's a testament to the, their ability to tell a story. It's a testament to their ability to because um, all of them are really good. I think that's I think that's what's kind of funny about it is like yeah. like the dude who plays Grand Moff Tarkin 
he was so brilliant. He's really great. Like, like he, he's a really good actor, you know, <laughs> and he always has been. I've seen him in a bunch of things that Starkid has done. And I'm always like, man, where did they find this guy? Like, this guy, this guy's this is like kind of really built, good looking dude who just is really good. He's a really good actor. He's really serious. Yeah. And he, and he plays Tarkin as the straight man. And it's very funny, you know. Or like Tarkin falls in love with a, with a lady stormtrooper, but they're just yeah. stormtroopers. It's like and, it's Emily, it's she, her, and, and she never takes off her mask or anything. Even like the when mask. they're rolling around on the ground, she's still wearing her mask. It's hysterical. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> or like you know, it, it would be so easy. This is why. This is what I think we mean when we say it's done with love. Like it would be so easy for these characters to, you know, like. For them to do like a scary movie thing, like one of those parody movies, right? Where where they're constantly looking at the camera, like, yeah, this is all nonsense. But instead, like they they play them really. I'm gonna say seriously. Like everything is done not as a joke, but but like they're earnest characters. Like Mara Jade, Mara Jade wants to be a slave girl, and yeah. she and she plays the character. Like this is the most important thing in the world to her. Like, like, like this is this is this is her this is her goal, her aspiration. She meets Anakin Skywalker, and she's like, "You're my fucking hero. I love you." Like, like everybody, everybody loves it. What What about when I? What about fighting in the Clone Wars? The Clone Wars, Anakin, they were boring and shitty. <laughs> you know, it's great. You're so much better than that. Like, I love it. I love it. Or you know, it's just. It's just some good. It, the the one liners are all perfect. You know, I, I keep are. going back to that. The they I just rewatched the Obi Wan scene before you called because the Obi Wan scene, the first Obi Wan scene, is still my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Um. You know, and he reveals that Anakin is alive, and they disappear, and Obi Wan's like, "It's just like, God damn it, right?" <laughs> <laughs> You think you kill a guy, but then he comes yeah. back as a robot, you know, as <laughs> a robot, as a robot, you know, I love it. Or he's explaining the force things. Don't you see, don't you see that there has to be a balance, a harmony between light and the dark side. And to create that harmony, we wanted to wipe out the dark side. <laughs> and then all of a sudden two Sith come along and they kill all but two Jedi's. That's not balance. Yes, it is. <laughs> we couldn't just let the Sith run everything. They're a group of religious zealots who want to impose their will on everyone else, and that's the Jedi stop. <laughs> it was brilliant, oh, but it wasn't man. done in it wasn't done in a way like there were so many ways that they could have gone um, blue with it, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I um, like for example, like obviously if you if you look at the first episode the first the first of the series which was actually the fourth of the series mm -hmm. you know anakin skywalker is the father of luke skywalker so the premise at the beginning of the of a new hope is that luke skywalker has been hidden away from his father right mm -hmm. so they don't bother to change his last name nope right they they give him to uh, his father's stepbrother. Yep. So it's all in the family still. And and he grows up on the planet that Anakin is from. 
Tatooine. <laughs> like this is like the worst possible job of of hiding an individual from someone else that you could possibly do. And by the way, he's got a twin sister, which we don't find out until later. But they they changed her name. They gave her put her on a different planet. All this other thing. Like there's so many things that they could have like just laser focused on that were blatantly like plot holes right. and and made fun of but they didn't really do that they didn't really they didn't really do that they kind of embraced their own thing with the pod racing uh with the with the pod racing motive and yeah. uh they, they they stuck to that now they they made quick one-liners that those of us that watch the show or that understand it will get mm-hmm. but they don't really they don't really like drilling down or tearing down any of the stuff that's done in the world, which I kind of appreciate as a fan because like, yeah. it'd be very, it'd be very easy to do that, especially in this day and age where it's so, um, so easy to go negative. I don't yeah. feel like they went negative with this and it, it, it was uh it was a breath of fresh air for sure. Oh no, I totally agree. I totally agree. The, I mean, in the jokes they do make are, are jokes that, you know, most of the jokes are prequel jokes, so we'll start with that. Yeah. Like the yeah. whole Jar Jar Binks thing is is just one big prequel. <laughs> Come on, Jar Jar, people love you, and the guy's like, oh. love, okay. Jar Jar's like just about to hang himself. Just about to. JJ, say it ain't so. You weren't really considering this, were you? It's a bet that they're living like this, Annie. This ain't no life. Me say gonna do the whole world a favor. JJ, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. What about all the people that love you? <laughs> Nobody loves me, sir. Everybody hates me, sir. Killers. <laughs> that was such a funny scene. Oh my god. No, it's great. It's it's great. Like like it's what was I gonna say? So like um Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan scene, they're 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 asking questions like so wait a minute, if the Sith are going to take over, how come the Jedi couldn't see that coming? And Obi-Wan's right. like, well, our vision was clouded, and we were very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it went. That's how it went. Um, it's what, what I think, the reason why I think it works, there's a ton of reasons why I think it works, but I think the main reason why I think this works and why, why I think it's... Um, it should be made canon, like it should be on the Disney <laughs> Disney Plus app, as far as I'm concerned. Is um, it's yes, it's the story with its own plot, but but like it's it it's a serious story. It's it's about something, and it's and it has a satisfying ending. Yes. So and so it doesn't exist just to mock anything. It it's supposed to like. Like I listen to the one in a million song, like when I like work out, like, like, like I'm like, fuck yeah, here we go. You know, like, like, and, and it's like, it's really emotional, you know, and he, he's riding the pod racer and he's, he beats a bulba one in a million. Like, like everybody's, everybody loves it. It's great. It's great. Um, I also thought from a technical perspective, something that I think is clever about it is it's sort of a, it's sort of an unorthodox musical in which yeah. the band is is sort of playing the music for them. Right. There, there's um, not really any 
characters singing or doing anything like that. Right, right, right. I actually think that makes it really strong. It means that, you know, what's going on on, on the stage can uh, just, everybody can play to their strengths really, really well. You're not, you don't have to worry about singing and dancing at the same time. It, it becomes like montage music, which is really great. Well, it's very, it's very 80s in its production, if you yeah. will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it, if you think about a, a, if you think about a film like Rocky or something like that, where you have these montages and you've got the, the eye of the tiger, like jamming through the background, you know, it, that's, that's the sort of, and the, the sort of aspect that they were going for with, with doing a lot of that stuff. And well done and it gave gave the actors the opportunity to really free themselves up and work uh work through their scenes and really bring their characters to life because they they didn't have the weight of of having a musical big musical performance on them or anything like that so and and the band is just stellar because they're able to they're, they're able to kind of observe the action from the side and comment on the action and, 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 and in a way direct the action with their, with their words. It's, it's really well done. I, I really appreciated how they incorporated the music with it. The music's interesting as it, it, I wouldn't say it's great music, but it's definitely, it's definitely entertaining music. And it's, it's, right. it's, it's not, it's not as, as quirky or corny as like a weird owl song. I mean, it has more right. of a, a viable point than that, but uh, it's, it's very much, um, written as an observation of what's going on on the stage so it's it's something that's best visually observed not necessarily just listened to on like like i wouldn't suggest just listening to the soundtrack you really have to kind of see the show to get it now that's not to take away from the music but what what the music's doing in the show it lends itself to the visual aspect of it i think And it's gonna be alright You don't have to worry There's no need to cry You don't have to worry Because I've seen the light I've seen it with my own I agree. I think that <laughs> I do. I agree, everybody. Like when I listen to the soundtrack, I, I'm thinking of the show. Right. You know, I'm. I, it, it the show kind of unfolds around me. I'm, the dance numbers and stuff. Um, I think that it's, this is sort of what, like I alluded to, this this kind of stuff is sort of what they do. They, it's not all kind of parody musicals. They got famous. Because so here's here's the star here's my relationship with Star Kid. You ready? So they yeah, this is the only thing I've seen from them. So that they have more material out there. It's news to me, and I'm interested. They do. So I first heard of Star Kid when I was in college because one of the first things they ever did was called a Very Potter musical. They did a, a Harry Potter <laughs> uh, musical parody, and okay. it's and it's on YouTube. The the production for that first one is not very good. And so the sound quality is kind of hard. Like you have to basically sit and turn everything up really loud and like really whatever. It's really funny, though. And it's like Annie in that, like, it's really a love letter to Harry Potter fans, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's all it's all very well put together. When I watched it. 
So I'm watching it in college, okay? And um, the guy who plays Harry Potter is Darren Chris, the actor Darren Chris, who who goes on to like be in Glee and like do all these yeah. different things. So he's like a he becomes like a legitimate actor from doing Starkim. But I'm watching Stark, I'm watching this for the first time. And um and and there's an actor <laughs> in the show um who who is playing Quirrell, like Professor Quirrell is a character in Harry Potter. And and in this show they have they do what what they do in the first Harry Potter book, which is they put Voldem- Voldemort, um, the spirit of Lord Voldemort, the evil guy, is on the back of Quirrell's head. And so in the musical, they take the actor who plays Quirrell and the actor who plays Voldemort, and they like put them back to back, and they just have yeah. them walk around like that. And the actor who plays Voldemort is the guy who plays Tarkin. Okay. And he does a good job. Um, he's very funny in that role. <laughs> but, but I'm watching the show, and, and I'm like, I'm watching the guy who plays Quirrell, and I'm watching, I'm like, Man, that looks a that looks a crap ton like Brian Rosenthal, who I like I like worked with in Harrisburg. Like I studied yeah. acting with him and his brother in Harrisburg. And I'm watching and watching it. And I look it up and it is Brian Rosenthal. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, it's Brian Rosenthal. I know that guy. Like, like he's he's quirrell. Like, like that's crazy. And I don't think Brian, I don't think Brian was in Annie. I I if he was, he was maybe in the band or something, but but it was it was great. Like the Star Kid folks, so they do. They have three Harry Potter musicals. They mm-hmm. do, you know, they do the sequel, and then they do like a third one. That's actually fun to watch because the third one they they did it at like a con, like a comic con, and and Dan, and they did it with their script. So it was like a live reading while they while they had they they did like a production of it. And yeah. Daniel Chris, who at that point uh, is a. Uh, a um or david now i can't remember his name the guy who plays harry potter who is at that point a, a major star like he's a big actor they have him come back to play harry potter and he <laughs> has never read the script before and yeah. you can tell like you can tell he just sort of shows up to do this appearance and he's never read the script and so they're like pushing him around on stage and like getting him to do shit and stuff and <laughs> and and they're just trying to make him laugh like they're just they're just doing their best to make him bust up and break character and you know and and uh um and it's great like it's a lot of fun to watch and and everybody really loves it but they do that they do one on about jafar called twisted which is really good (laughs) so it's like an aladdin parody okay that was really great they have one that i'm not a big fan of but maybe i should just rewatch it and give it a shot called holy musical batman (laughs) um a little close I, to the heart there, huh? A little close to the heart. Maybe that's why I was like, well, there's no reason to parody Batman, you know. But maybe I just need to rewatch it. But then they have, but my favorite one, so my all-time favorite Star Kid one, which maybe you should go back and watch now. I love Annie. Annie's great. Is there's a one they do called Me and My Dick, um, which is an original one. It's totally original. And and it's long, so it, it, it's an investment. It's it's you know over. It's like two hours and forty five minutes, and it's about um, sex and relationships. And and it and what they do is it takes place in like a high school, and all of the high school characters have uh, their counterpart characters are actors and actresses playing their genitals, <laughs> and, and they're just like walking around with them. 
<laughs> and and it's there it's a full musical they sing and do all this stuff but it's a story about how um the the guy the human wants to get with like the hot popular girl but there's a moment where he and his dick bump into like the nerdy girl that has a crush on him and yeah. the dick and her vagina fall in love and so it's like this <laughs> it's totally bizarre and then like you know there's these moments where like the popular girls are together and all of their vaginas are just men in drag who just who just have been like just have been it's it's totally ridiculous but who just have been like like gone through the ringer like like they're, they're just like oh man you know this is, this is, this is, yeah, this is tough you know it's really funny it's really funny but then, like you know, it it ends it, like the big conflict of that is the uh, the guy, the kid, like basically develops depression. Like he 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 his libido gets cut off, and and he starts like listening to like his depressed brain, and the depressed <laughs> brain shows up, and he's like he's like kill yourself, you know. <laughs> he's like maybe I should, and his dick has to like save him, you know. His dick's like no, come back, life's worth living. It's pretty great. <laughs> Well, now I'll have to watch that. I'm pretty sure that'll be an interesting uh, <laughs> uh, search history whenever my wife looks at YouTube and sees I was looking up me and my dick. I think it'd be great. <laughs> so I, we're wrapping the conversation at least this part. Yeah. I mentioned that I'd really like to do Annie at cast. Yeah, I think it would. I think it's doable um, for a lot of reasons. It's a small cast. I think it's a lot of fun. I would absolutely want you to play Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> that is the only thing I have in my mind. Um, and and uh, I would want. Um, gosh, I think his name. It's Kyle, right? Kyle. He was. He's the guy who was Sherlock Holmes yeah. when I did Holmes. He, yeah. I want him to play Moff Tarkin. And I <laughs> would be perfect. Guys, I'd want you guys to run around together and and just be ridiculous. <laughs> that's all i got so far i don't have the rest of the show cast oh that'd be a lot of fun i'd, I'd definitely be into doing that but I, again it's just like a letter of love to to the star wars franchise and it's really well really well done really there's some oh god listeners i can't i can't describe to you it, it just doesn't do it justice whenever i'm talking about it like you have to see it to really understand it and if you're a fan of star wars and you watch this, you will you will thank us for it. It's it's well worth your time. It's like it's probably two hours long. It's it's yeah. pretty long. It's pretty involved, yeah. but uh, it's it's absolutely worth it. It's 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 such a good ride. It really is. It doesn't it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it slows down. It doesn't really let up. It certainly doesn't feel like two hours when you're watching. Yeah, it doesn't feel like two hours. The thing that's great about it, as we wrap it up, um, about the jokes is like. So many of the jokes are so obscure. Like so many of the jokes like require extended expanded universe knowledge. Right. And and it's what makes the audience one of my favorite parts of this production because they all laugh at them. Yeah, they and, get it. And, and some of them some of them are like belly laughing. Like some of them yeah. some of them laugh so hard they can't breathe. Like um a sal they he makes a salacious crumb, salacious crumb yeah. uh, joke, and everybody's like salacious crumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. 
I love and that. I think a lot of that a lot of that has to do with like for me as an audience member it's almost like a it's almost like a validation of your nerdiness right it's so it makes it it makes that obscure knowledge that you've stored away in your brain for all these years being so immersed in this world worth it for you to be able to get a joke like that which makes it even more funny right like yeah. even better because not only is the joke itself humorous but i get the joke and i can be excited about getting the joke right Absolutely. <laughs> so i think Absolutely. that's part of the reason why the audience is so enthralled with it because because it's almost it's almost validating their fandom yeah, yeah, absolutely. So by by way of by way of ending, you know, the the backstreet hookah chat on Annie, uh, a Star Wars parody musical. Your favorite, um, let's say this: your favorite Star Wars joke in it, uh, if you had one. <laughs> well, I already and, told you what my favorite line of the show. Was. Your favorite? Yeah, that's right. That's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> But um, your favorite, yeah, we'll stick with that. Do you have a favorite, a favorite Star Wars joke, or or like outside of the your favorite line in the show? Was there a moment? Actually, here's a better question: Was there okay. a moment in the show that genuinely surprised you, where you were like, "Oh, <laughs> like, like I did, I can't believe that," or I did not expect. I did not expect the entire um, <laughs> the the entire inclusion of jar jar banks and the right. way that that character was portrayed <laughs> and brought out through i mean that was just expertly done like very well done and it, it made me actually for the first time in my entire life enjoy the character of jar jar banks right and I, it, but that, that would have to be tied with the portrayal of of um obi-wan kenobi because that guy who played him he plays him as a drunk with or like this this just munching on his words as he's delivering his lines and it's just so perfect and yeah. and he does it with like this perfect sort of faux british smugness that like harkens back to both alec guinness and to uh <laughs> ewan, and McGregor. To ewan mcgregor yeah and somehow he managed to encapsulate both of them and it's just incredible Great, it, great. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that the the first time I watched it, those were definitely surprising and kind of kind of wonderful moments as well for me. Like yeah. Anakin sets up Jar Jar. He's like, I gotta go find, I gotta go find a guy. He's my JJ. best friend in the world <laughs> and the funniest guy I've ever met. And then, like, as the scene is unfolding, it's just it's just a drunk Jar Jar Binks like getting ready to hang himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, that is funny. I would say that I would say that a moment other than those moments, because th those were moments of genuine surprise and joy, where you were just like, you were like, what? How did they come up with this? Like, how did they come up with how did they come up with the entire Obi-Wan scene and have this guy play Obi-Wan like this? Like, <laughs> play him like this, you know, like just out of nowhere. I would say the other moment was um Honestly, by the end, by the big climax, I was the first time I watch it, and I still am surprised every time I watch it. I'm surprised at how much I care. You know, I'm yeah. surprised at how much they managed to get you to give a shit. Actually, yeah, no, you're, you, you're well, like it, yeah. excited for that pod race at the end. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> 
Like, like it's just a pod racing thing. It, it it looks like shit, you know. Like it doesn't look good. Like, but but like you're like fuck yeah, kick, kick his ass, Anakin, you know. And <laughs> and it's great because it's like the opposite of that scene in in, in episode one. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, we all know Anakin's gonna win the fucking pod race. Like <laughs> like it's like like come on, all right, let's get going here. Actually, the other moment is close to the end where they and they take Anakin's helmet off. You remember mm-hmm. that moment? <laughs> yeah. That's almost it's almost un, it's almost unrepeatable uh, uh, or almost unshowable. Um, I yeah, might inc- definitely... I might include the I might include the clip in the in the audio. <laughs> I want to see with my own eyes. He takes. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lord. that was pretty shocking too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you got a chance to watch it. And I figured you yeah, would I'm, like it, but I, I'm glad you got to like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed me in that direction. That was a it was definitely a worthwhile watch. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, listeners, it's Star Kid Productions. Uh Annie. Uh they like I said, they do a lot of really other great, great work and great stuff. It's a lot of it is fandom specific, not all of it, but a lot of it is. And so uh, obviously don't watch a Harry Potter musical. If you really don't know a ton about Harry Potter, you're not going to get the jokes. Um, <laughs> but but you should definitely uh, uh, check them out. I don't know what the touring schedule is like anymore. They used to tour. So Star Kid used to take the production on the road and they do like, you know, big songs from their numbers or 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 redo scenes or do some improv scenes or or whatever and if they're in a there's a couple of clips on youtube if they're in a a town that darren chris is in like if he's like working on glee when when he was in glee or whatever there's there's some moments where darren chris will like come on stage and and everybody will go nuts and 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 they'll they do they do like a sketch where darren just begs for his job back like like just let me <laughs> just let me come back and they're like fuck no get the fuck off our stage <laughs> <laughs> um it's really great it's really really great so well i will i will end it here guys thanks for listening this has been back shuga chats with matt and ethan we'll see you next time because you've got that one thing hiding up your sleeve and every time i see it i can hardly believe my eyes and you know